Welcome back to the Mental Health Commute with Dr. Walt Duffy and Matt Duffy. And I'm going to have Matt start this one off. So this week we thought we'd touch on recent events. Recently it's been put out that the mask mandate is likely going to be lifted. And there's an expectation of life returning to pre-COVID normalcy. And we thought it would be interesting to touch on expectations people should have if COVID brought on or exposed some mental health concerns in their lives and should they expect their lives to be going back to pre-COVID status where they maybe weren't dealing with with what COVID brought on. So as the mask mandate is lifted, our mental health issues lifted and whoop, gone away. Is that right? Yeah. I think that's a very interesting thing. When we read our journals, throwaways, you see a lot of the social media. You've talked about the pent-up demand for mental health, behavioral health issues as COVID has gone on. And that is that mask mandates lifted and people become more comfortable with telehealth, coming back into the offices, that we might actually see a surge of increased visits. So that is one way that things are being predicted. Aside from predictions, if I'm a person who's dealing with mental health that I feel like was brought on by COVID, what should my expectations be as life returns to normal? Well, I've thought about this a little bit, and I think the initial thing is, oh, we're going to have a take off your mask party, right? Uh, I'm going to feel so much better, and everything's going to go away. We're going to get back to normal. going to be seeing my friends. Everybody's going to be just like they were. And nothing has really changed. I'm going to just jump back on the bus like it was in around January of 2020, and life is going to be moving forward. For some people, I think that will probably happen. There's a lot of people that that will not happen because the world has really changed in a number of ways. And it's how everybody individually is going to be able to deal with that and within their own sphere, their own circle. And we also know with the pandemic, things like Netflix, social media, the use of those things went sky high, correct? Where people go to look for information of how they're supposed to feel on the return to normal is also going to impact people. Saying that, what popped into my head is take off a mask party, right? So like graduation, everyone throws their caps in the air. Everyone's going to get together and throw their masks in the air, right? You go find a mask and hope it was the one that you started with. In a a previous episode, you talked about the valedictorian who gave the speech and how this past year has almost been building up to this goal of masks are going to be gone. I'm working. We're doing everything we can. I'm putting all my effort into making this goal happen, and I'm going to get some period of elation for achieving the goal. But what happens when in that seventh second? What am I going to be experiencing or what should I expect to experience once that initial elation goes off? And should I expect that maybe for some period of time, this change is going to make me feel different and maybe make me feel like all my problems are gone? And should I expect that to last? I think realistically, things are not going to be just like they were. There will be a readjustment period. Just like a lot of people have gone to remote work for a while, some people are really looking forward to going back into the office. Some people really are not looking forward to going back into the office. Some people like working from home. Some people had difficult relationships in the office before. Are the people when I return, are they going to be the same people? I haven't seen these people in over a year in some cases. And so things have really changed. 
I think you hit that sort of nail on the head again there. When the goal is just the end goal, we get the mask off and we're quote unquote back to normal, then you really haven't thought through what changes you might need to be ready to sort of deal with and adapt to. You know, some of us are more adaptable. Some people like change. A lot of people do not like change. So when you don't like change, then you probably didn't like the mask in the first place, right? And when they come off, you expect everything to go back just like it was. You know, I just was listening last night to America's Got Talent old episode on uh, YouTube. And there was a kid who was 18 from Georgia. And he talked about a song about dating and love. And the interesting thing is he was homeschooled, had never been on a date, never had a girlfriend. And the crowd just went wild listening to his dream. He was anticipating change in a positive way. So he was planning for things. I think it's how you sort of think about and the expectation that you have that it's normal is not going to be, does not mean it's just like it was before. The only expectation people should have is expect it not to be the same as it was. To return to the same, right? To return to the same. Right. So, in fact, it's for some of us who have started experiencing that, like people coming back into the office, staff coming back into the office, patients coming back into the office, Things are just different in how people sort of interact, how much time they might spend in those environments. Their behaviors have, you know, naturally changed because they've been doing them a certain way for a year or more. So even to get back to any sense of semblance of what would be normal from over a year ago would be a transition period anyway. That would just sort of be a normality. I think the other part that a lot of people potentially aren't taking into account when they're thinking of how their lives are going to return to normal is when I was looking at the the statistics out there, these changes are only taking effect if you're vaccinated, right? And the the stat I saw was still over 30% of people aren't vaccinated, and the majority of those aren't planning to get vaccinated. Somewhere between 25% 33% of the population, life isn't going to return to normal. And they're probably have some increased anxiety about things going back to normal because they to some degree probably want these restrictions to continue until it's safer in their minds so while some people are getting the elation of their goal being achieved at the same time we're increasing the stress on some other people who aren't ready for that or i've been vaccinated and who's that 30 percent silent minority and what does that do to my own risk level because we have seen people who've been vaccinated that have come down with COVID. What percentage is that? That's a pretty small percentage so far. I believe that you can't just overnight flip the switch saying everybody wear their masks. Oh, my gosh. Socially distance, all that. And then overnight say, oh, take off your mask, but do still do some social distancing, right? And expect that everybody is just going to come back into that in a smooth nature. We still see people getting upset with one another, whether it's on airplanes, in restaurants, over these things. Change creates angst in people. And it's how you sort of main point that start this episode was as the mask is lifted to mental health issues go away. In reality, as the mask is lifted, we had original mental health issues. Those didn't go away. They might have become more in the shadows, so to speak, like we've talked about before. But we've also had a tremendous amount of stress added over the past year, both from social isolation, change in environment, many people losing their jobs, many people going through financial crises, some people doing very well and some people not doing very well. As we come out on the other end and the masks come off and more services are available, 
I believe there's more people with mental health issues out there that they're dealing with. And some of those might have been exacerbated because of the pandemic, and some of them might have been brought out and brought on because of the stresses caused by that pandemic. Not just the pandemic alone, but you know, when we have COVID, as we've talked before, we have, like with your family or anything, you're sequestered together a lot more, and that can bring out stressors and that you you haven't got out to be able to deal with, talk with girlfriends, things like that, and just be able to talk through. You've just been sort of banging around in your own head or trying to work it out at home, and sometimes that doesn't work that well, and it just creates stress. We've also discussed that, is it okay just to go talk to a therapist? Should people, when you tell them that, why should they question you? I would think as people come out of this and the COVID crisis, that people will be going, gosh, I'm hoping people will go talk to folks because we would like the issues to go away and that's able to get back to, you know, 80% of what normal was. At the end there, you ended with issues going away, right? So if I'm someone who feels like COVID brought on my issues, shouldn't I expect that with the COVID and the pandemic going away that my issues should go away? If that's what caused them, it's what I feel like is the, the main center of all my issues. Why would my issues not be gone? as life returns to some sense of normalcy. I have one here that maybe quite a few people can get a picture of in their mind. Uh, Will Smith, right? So during COVID, he recently posted a picture on Instagram that was carried across social media of his, his dad bod, right? The reason he did that was because during COVID, he was not working out, not eating the best. So his physique sort of took on a change, right? And then he had other celebrities sort of start posting around that. Then you saw within a week, now back with his trainer doing a workout. So so if COVID went away, if he made no changes, his body's not going to change. You know, he's still going to have his quote unquote dad body and he's not going to have the sleek physique that he had before. So he's having to make some changes. So he's having to go to therapy. He's having to get with a trainer. So he's going to have to change his diet. But don't I get to have some expectation that I get to go back into the workplace. I get to go hang out with friends again. All the things I used to do that I didn't get to do, that's a change in my life. And aren't those changes going to have a, a positive effect that may be the thing that if I was really depressed that I didn't get to do those things. And now I get to do them, that depression resolve itself. So for some people, it will. People who are social extroverts, they need that contact. They need that engagement to go out to the movies, go to the ball games, and get out with their friends and go to the restaurants. That will, might solve their issue, you know, because it really was just the isolation and not being able to interact with a large number of people. But there is, we talked about the silent minority again, you talk about maybe 30%. Maybe more than that. That is not going to be enough to get back to your normal routine. Because before, they might have been on the edge anyway or hanging on or they didn't have a big social network. They're not a big social person. And they were having some issues or they've had issues in the past, you know, that they with. And this is just to trigger these issues coming and they're not going to go away on their own. An interesting point that I'd like for you to touch on is if someone is receiving help, should they have a plan of how to reapproach? Because what we've said here is some people, their issues may go away. There's some portion of the population who this is going to resolve their quote-unquote mental illness. Being that it's a possibility, maybe I just want to assume I'm one of those people. To some degree, we've said for that first period of time, you're going to feel so good about being able to get back into your activities. You're probably going to 
potentially feel like all your issues have gone away. What sh if that's your expectation, or you think that that's a possibility, what should your next conversation be like with your therapist or provider about, hey, I think I'm not going to need treatment anymore? Should that be a, a conversation that you have? Oh, I've had several of those conversations recently, actually. I think it becomes, you know, there's a point in things where you can do them good enough or you go to remission. And I believe, our own belief is that you need to get things into remission, which means you're not having symptoms in your life. You can have stressors, but they're not impacting your functioning, whether that's your mental functioning, your concentration, your energy, your sleep, your relationships, your work productivity, interacting with your kids, yelling at the driver, going next to you down the road, any of these things. If those are still occurring, folks, you're, you're not in remission. And treatment is really getting a remission because that gives you the best chance of issues not coming up in your life again. And you want to remain there. So in talking with your psychiatrist, your therapist, your counselor, your nurse practitioner, your physician assistant, it should be about how do I either get there or if I'm there, how do I stay there? And you have to really think about it like an oil change on your car. So, so my car is running great. I still have to bring it in for an oil change once in a while. If I've already had that vulnerability and it's exposed, I need to take care of that. That's on me. If I don't take care of that, I'm accountable for not doing the checkup. And like most of us in life, you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to hit your checkups all the time. You're not going to hit your 3,000-mile oil checkup every single 3,000 miles. I would say the majority of Americans probably do not do that. I know a guy who does do that. How can you best put in a plan where you have a team, just like you have your financial team? You might have an accountant. You might do E-Trade that you check. I don't care what it is. But you need your mental health team, too. And that could be your primary care. It can be part of that also. But that's what I would say. The other point that's important is your physician or your your therapist will probably tell you that if you're doing well enough that you don't need to return. Their goal isn't to have you return if it's unnecessary, right? For the most part, and different people in the counseling psychiatry world have a different idea of what's doing well. You really need to say, am I in remission, which means what I just said before. Not am I doing better. Doing better means I've reached 50% improvement. If you reach 50% improvement in most things in life, if you come up to your supervisor at work and you say, I got 50% of the job done, I, you know, I should get a big gold star for that. I don't think that really happens in that area. So why do you expect less of your mental health? Or let's put it more personal to people. I have 10 cavities. I'm going to lose 10 teeth if I don't get them taken care of. Dennis, I just want you to take care of five of them. You pick them, just pick them at random, and you leave the other five to do whatever is going to happen. And I'm just going to be, I think I'll be fine with that. I don't think I'll ever have any issues. Would you be happy with that outcome? Do you think most people would be happy with that outcome? No. Okay. We're ending on that because we want to give you a visual that this is something that you can keep in your mouth and your mind. This will be the end of this episode of the Mental Health Commute. And join us next time. Thank you very much. And be sure to subscribe, download, and please give us a rating. We appreciate it.